The Razorback basketball team adds their third five-star and third McDonald's All-American for the 2022 high school class. And suddenly the expectations for next season in Razorback basketball have been elevated dramatically. We're going to talk about it all on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. I know it's Tuesday at the time of recording this podcast, but it uh, has been a little bit uh, later for me, I guess, because I didn't do a podcast yesterday. I was traveling once again, but I think traveling's over. I think we're done. I think we're done for the foreseeable future. It's good to be back in Arkansas. It's good to be back in Little Rock. It's going to be back with my dog, Rowdy. You know, I'm hoping I can get back to some normalcy once I adjust to the time zone and jet lag and all those things. But either way, it was a really fun journey being down there in uh, San Francisco and uh, going on it. And honestly, it was kind of annoying because I would have loved to have done Monday's podcast kind of recapping the basketball season. I think we'll do that. I think we'll do that just kind of recapping it, thinking about the moments, the success of it later this week. Um, but lo and behold, we got to talk about the big news. And that's what happened yesterday where people were hopeful, but also, you know, understanding and realistic about the five-star point guard, Anthony Black, who had not made his decision on where he would be attending college, but did have Arkansas in his sights. And then have Arkansas as far as in his options between that and Gonzaga and Oklahoma State and even going to the G League. And... Arkansas already had the number two class in the country. Like they already had a phenomenal class with two McDonald's All Americans, uh, with um, with Nick Smith and Jordan Walsh, and they were already flying high. They were already like, man, this is going to be a big year. But when all those guys like committed and signed, it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, all right, well, you know, we're going to be great, and you know, it doesn't, we're not really thinking about anything else or any possibilities of anybody else because we're just doing so good. Well. Then Jordan Black started being that guy that took a visit in the middle of the season. And people kept wondering, okay, maybe there's something to this. Maybe he can get uh, the five-star. He's a 14th pro overall prospect in the country, top point guard and the number two player out of the state of Texas. And so, you know, maybe maybe this would be something that could happen. Maybe this would be something that they can actually pull off because great players want to play with other great players a lot of times. So how does this work? Well, during uh, the, his official visit, and this is according to Hawksports.com and Curtis Wilkerson, uh, during Must Bus Mania on September 18th, and he was also on hand to take an unofficial visit during the Red Out game against Tennessee that had several Razorback alumni and former Muslim players who were currently playing professionally in attendance. So we kind of knew exactly what that game was going to be like and all that. Uh, apparently, he took those visits and he was really impressed. And some people have speculated whether or not the game against Gonzaga for Arkansas had anything to do with his decision to commit or anything like that, um, which, you know, I'm kind of curious about it just because of how in his little video, I don't know what you want to call it, your commitment video, I guess. And his commitment video is this long, like two and a half minute video when he was talking with his uh, little brother and they were kind of, you know, having some fun with it, John back and forth, getting ready for practice and making the jokes of kind of like, 
oh man, you know, um, are you done with the, you know, when are they going to quit asking about where you're going? When are they going to quit asking me about where you're going and all those things? So it was like, kind of like a little funny video and everything. And then uh, when all that went down, during the video, he had like a Powerade bottle and a uh, Arkansas, or a Powerade bottle and two Powerade bottles. One was blue, one was green, uh, red. One was blue for Gonzaga, one was red for Arkansas. And when he had those sitting on the table, he was watching the Razorback basketball game against Gonzaga. So it's like when I saw that video, I was like, okay, so maybe, just maybe, uh, this will be something that they would have a, have something in his decision as far as him coming to Arkansas. Maybe that's something that uh, was uh, being a part of the decision. Don't really know. But then at the end of the video, he's getting ready. He's walking out for practice. He grabbed the Powerade bottle. It's the red one with Arkansas. And then he said, woo pigs, let's get it. So that doesn't change Arkansas's class ranking. He's They're still number two because that just shows you how good Duke's class was this past year. But Arkansas sits with the number two recruiting class of this upcoming season. And the expectation has been elevated a lot. Now, uh, we're going to talk about some fantasy matchups or some fantasy, uh, you know, scenarios next year on the other side of the break, just because, you know, we got to kind of start looking at the options there too. But before we do that, I just, I wanted to say how incredible it is for Eric Musselman to be able to do what he is doing in so many different ways at Arkansas, turning them into what will be an elite program. It, it already is a program that's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, back-to-back -back Elite Eights is nothing to sneeze at. That's not something that every team does. But he has been able to put Arkansas basketball in the position of not just being, you know, wildly hopeful, but being legitimately optimistic that this team can win a national championship compete for a national championship. And he's doing it in ways where it's like he's an elite coach when it comes to X's and O's and game plan. He's an elite coach when it comes to managing and, and getting guys in position and finding ways for them to be successful. He's elite at that. He's elite in the transfer portal. And he's now in a, an elite recruiter as we're starting to see. Like he is elite in all of these things. And when he continues to be and showing how elite he is in these things, uh, I can't help you but make you think, like, this could be the guy. Like, this could be the guy at Arkansas that wins a national championship and wins it here in the next few years. Like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I don't think it's going to be out of the realm of possibility next year, just kind of depending on what happens. But Eric Musselman, time and time again, proves that he's more than just a uh, an importer, a transfer king, if you will. He's more than just a a funny guy on social media that does crazy videos. He's an elite coach. He's an elite coach in college basketball. And honestly, there's probably not any other coach in the country that I would take over him. Like if you, someone approached you as a Razorback fan and said, Hey, you get to trade your coach must for anybody else in college basketball. I mean, who are you really trading for? I don't think I trade for anybody. I'm not trading for Bill Self. I mean, Jay Wright, maybe some of you would from Villanova. I mean, Coach K's gone, so you don't have to worry about Duke or North Carolina in that regard. Going to a Chris Beard. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's doing it. Tony Bennett, no, like, must. 
Muss is the guy. Muss, to me, right now is the best coach in the SEC. Now, people are going to be disagreeing with that. And if anybody outside the SEC, you know, heard that, they'd probably be like, oh, you're just a homer. Okay, fine. But I'm not taking him. I'm taking him over Bruce Pearl, over Rick Barnes, over John Calipari. I'm taking him over Nate Oates. I'm taking him over all of these guys. And it's just incredible to see what he continues to do just year in and year out, building this program. The expectations are about as high as they can be. And when you add a guy like Anthony Black to an already beefy class, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. And we're going to try to talk about those possibilities on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. More Locked on Razorbacks coming up next. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm adjusting my camera real quick to make this work. So uh, because I'm, you know, was like sitting down so low. But anyways, um, sorry about that. I, uh, I'm continuing on, though, talking about the the, the fantasy matchups and, and fantasy situations for Arkansas next year. Now, think about this. At the time of this recording of the podcast. We don't know who's staying, who's going, who's doing what. It's so early at the end of the season. I know that there's been some, uh, if you want to call it cryptic messages coming uh, coming out. And I know that uh, people were you know, trying to say, like, oh, well, is this person, does this message mean that they're leaving or whatnot? We don't know. We don't know anything for sure. We don't know anything as far as what looks like what, other than just a few guarantees here and there. But Here's the best case scenario. We're going to look at the best case scenario for Arkansas. You have, of course, the number two recruiting class coming in, right? I mean, it's it's not going to get any better than that. Or, I mean, I guess it could. You could be at number one. But for Arkansas, they've never had a higher class than this. I mean, again, three five stars. That's just insanity. And then you have, on top of that, three four stars. Not bad. So six players total coming in from the freshman class. All right. Which means people are going to have to leave. And in my opinion, this is kind of what's going to go down. You're going to add these six players from the freshman class. I think that you're going to have, of course, the other, the three seniors leave and Stanley Mude, uh, Trey Wade, and Chris Likes. Those players are gone for sure. I think... I think KK transfers out. All right. KK Robinson. I think he transfers. I think that Chance Moore transfers. And again, I'm not, I'm just, this is just my scenario that I'm looking at. Okay. So those two guys transfer for sure, I think, just because of the guard heaviness that's going to go along with it. And you bring back Jalen. Devo and Tony. I'm hoping Tony comes back. That would be huge. He's the one I'm like most suspect about, but I think he comes back. JD Note goes pro. He ain't coming back. He ain't coming back. He's gone. So JD Note's gone. Vanover, I think, is gone. I think he'll be asked to leave or transfer out one of the two just because I, I just don't see a, a spot on the roster for him. So you're talking about seven departures 
from the current team, six incoming players, okay, and possibly a couple of guys out of the transfer portal, which we know that Muss is really good at when it comes to putting together uh, some really good transfers and, and all that too. I'm trying to make sure that I didn't miss any players I thought would be leaving or anything like that. Um, no. Because like some people said Kamani Johnson. I, I think Kamani Johnson comes back. I think he comes back. And so, yeah. So that's that's pretty much what you're looking at. And if you can go into the transfer portal, if you're must, and uh, find some uh, some guys to really help out, especially down low, some, some straight-up dudes, uh, that's what's going to be uh, the most exciting thing about this. In fact, uh, one of the guys I think that I'm pretty excited about and pretty hopeful that he ends up uh, coming here is I'm not even going to – I should know how to pronounce this name. I don't. But Fardaz Amok, we're going to go with that. And people are like, oh, okay, well, who is he? Okay, well, Fardaz Amok, he's a forward. He's 6'11", 245 pounds. All right? Big old dude. He was the 2020-2021 WAC player of the year, second time all WAC, second time all WAC defense, all defense, and second time WAC defensive player of the year. Plays for Utah Valley. And he averaged this past season 19 points, 14 rebounds. He looks mean. <laughs> he looks like a guy that you would want to have on your team. And so there's speculation of the possibility of, he tra of him transferring in and possibly another one. So you're looking at, and again, this is just best case scenario. This is just what I'm, at the time, I'm thinking about all of that. So best case scenario, your starting lineup could look like next year with Anthony Black, Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, Audis Tony, and Jalen Williams. That could be your starting lineup next year. Realistically, could be your starting lineup next year. With a couple of other guys coming off the bench, of course, Darian Ford, Barry Dunning, Joseph Pinion, those other really talented guards and forwards that are going to be coming in. Uh, those guys could come off the bench. Devo coming off the bench as well. Again, assuming that he stays and sticks around. Devo coming off the bench there as well. This uh, Ardaz guy, <laughs> I would pronounce his name, he would come off the bench. Or maybe he would start. Maybe he would, you know, it depend on who the matchups would be against. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to worry about not having a, a big, beefy, physical guy there. So he'd come off the bench. Maybe Kamani Johnson comes off the bench too to alleviate. Maybe one more transfer, and there you have it. Folks, that's a national championship caliber team. That's a national championship caliber team. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not, I don't think I'm overlooking it. I don't think I'm making too big of a deal out of it. That is a national championship caliber team. And when you have a team that is that talented, especially when it comes to high-end NBA caliber talent, with those three guys that are McDonald's All-Americans and will be one and done, mixed in with experienced veteran guys, elite defensive guys. Like, you know, you got Adis Tony being an elite defensive player. You got experienced guys like Jalen Williams and Devo Davis and also Adis uh, throwing with Fardaz, uh, him coming in. 
and being uh, a very experienced player. And then come, come off the bench with some really gifted guards as well, some really good shooters. Praise be. Jackson Robinson, I think, could be one that comes back. I don't know. Yeah, he was, Sorry, I meant to mention him. He could be one that comes back, um, but I don't know about him. But still, that's a national championship caliber team. And as you see in my little sign over here, if you're watching on the YouTube page, the Final Four is in Houston next year. I don't think that – okay, first off, let me say, national championship caliber, the reason I always say that is because winning a national championship is extremely difficult once you get to the NCAA tournament. We all know that. Um, but caliber-wise, to me, means that Arkansas should be the favorites to win the SEC next year. According to my best case scenario, they should be the favorites to win the SEC. I think they will win the SEC, and if they win the SEC, especially regular season and even the uh, the tournament, say throw that in there, they'll be a one seed, and with that one seed comes all the benefits. There's a regional up in Kansas City next year. If Arkansas got the one seed, they would be in Kansas City. You'd be able to travel, fans would be able to go, and you'd be able to have the benefit of having quote, the easier pathway or the easier matchups down the road. Again, I know it's the NCAA tournament and it's always tough, but that would be what you would be gifted with, at least at the time. All those scenarios playing into place. We don't know, and I'm, we'll keep you updated on the podcast on how it goes, but it's really tough to not be excited about that. It's really tough not to be able to sit back and say, you know what, next year might be the year. Like, no BS. No fantasy world. It's real. And the way you know it's real is how national media have reacted to the news of Anthony Black, even like Jeff Borzello, who I'm going to try to get on the show or on the podcast here very soon. But he even came out after that commitment of Anthony Black and said, if few key pieces stay, he says they would be in contention for his preseason number one team. I will crap my pants. Preseason number one team for the ESPN.com. Now, will everybody have them as number one? Probably not. But the fact that they're even a thought. If a national guy like Jeff Borzello believes that, who's to say that that won't be a reality? Who's to say that that actually won't truly happen next year where they are a preseason number one team and they can live up to that number as well who's to say you know arkansas got in the top 10 this past year and people kind of talked about eh, you know whatever it's just that they they blew it when they were in the top 10 and all that well guess what i think they were right because at the end of the year you were one of the best eight teams in the country you advanced to the elite eight so if you're preseason top five team next year Maybe you'll live up to it and get to the final four. That will be the goal. That will be the expectation. And it's not just me. It's what the rest of Razorback Nation wants as well. We'll close up shop and get ready in the next and final segment of the Locked On Podcast, Locked On Razorbacks Podcast. Stay with us, folks. You are Locked On Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
All right, so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. And, uh, you know, I just can't tell you how, how awesome it was to go on these trips and, and go into the NCAA tournament and, and all that. So uh, I wanted to use this real quick as just some updates on the podcast and, and what we're kind of going to get back into the swing of things, too, because uh, now that basketball is pretty much over and we'll have some recaps of basketball. Baseball will be starting up. We'll do some podcasts for baseball, too. But spring football is here. And I know we're going to talk some, some football there as well. Uh, we're going to have some fun here and there too, to try to, you know, put together some other great content too. But I, the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of you um, who watch and listen are great and interacting and all those things, whether it's the comment section in YouTube, most of you are pretty nice. There's some of you that may be pretty mean, but that's fine. That's YouTube for you. Um, but whether it's social media or anything like that, during the the slower times of the podcast, I would love to know anything that you all would like to hear about or to talk about or anything like that. Because that's kind of the thing about this podcast. I'll just talk about things I believe you guys want to talk about. And I think most of the time we're kind of on the same page. But sometimes there's stuff that I'm like, okay, well, I don't know, but I'll just kind of say what I want to say and you know, talk the way I want to talk. And hopefully it'll be able to resonate with some people that way too. So I'm kind of looking out for y'all and saying, hey, if you got anything that you guys want to discuss or anything like that, maybe there's a guest you'd like to hear from. I can try my best to make that happen. You know, just stuff like that to, to be able to, to make however this needs to work, work. So uh, keep me updated on that. And, and you know how to reach me, whether it's the YouTube comments section, I'll try to read all those I can, or maybe uh, checking me out on Twitter, Buzz John Avers, whatever it is, Facebook, all that stuff. But just find me, just find me and I'll be doing my best to make sure that we can have some fun with that and do some different things to try to make that pretty awesome too. So uh, but yeah, now that we're settling in, I think probably tomorrow is when I'll do the recapping of the Razorback basketball year and just kind of doing great, maybe handing out grades, that fun stuff for for everything and going through individual games, performances, players, and fun stuff like that too. And I'll have some various guests on there as well. So uh, either way though, uh, let me know. Let me know any suggestions, anything that you guys want, and we'll make it happen because I'm going to be back finally here for the long haul until vacation starts up which uh, I think I'm going to go to the beach this year. I'm not totally sure. I think a friend of mine booked something while he was drunk in Kansas City. I don't know. So anyways, I'll figure it out, and I'll keep you guys updated on that. But we're going to be in here and doing these things for, for a good bit. So appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.